welcome everyone to the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Back in the saddle here again with the NBA season. Now, all eyes on the NBA season with the NFL season officially over. The dust has settled on the NFL season. And now all eyes, like I mentioned, are going to be on the NBA season as we are approaching All-Star Weekend as well in the NBA but still some basketball left to be played until Thursday, and we're here to get it all into it here in the NBA. And joining me here to help me break everything down, I got my guy here with me, Sleepy J. Sleepy, what's going on, my friend? How are you doing this uh, Tuesday evening? I'm doing well. I um kind of just digesting, you know, the entire NFL season. Uh, it was a long year, man. I got to be honest with you. It was uh, it was tough. It, it Just like that extra week and in, in the, in the bye week between the Super Bowl, um, it just it, it felt to me like I was just worn down, but I must admit the Super Bowl badass like that was one really really good Super Bowl one that I'll remember for a long time, and uh, I'm glad it played out the way that it did. Um, I didn't really have you know a horse in the race when it came to the Chiefs or the 49ers, but it was a nice it was just a nice Super Bowl to go ahead and watch and enjoy, and it came right down to the last second there you know within uh, overtime so. Good, glad, glad that's over. I'm glad it's time for you know me and you and the NBA and uh, jumping into March Madness here. So it's you know all hoops full speed ahead. Yeah, I mean you mentioned the Super Bowl. I know the first quarter, first half, maybe you have was a little, uh, I guess not as entertaining. But like you mentioned, the second half, especially the fourth quarter and overtime, uh, turned out to be a really great game. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs obviously get it done again. Third ring now for Patrick Mahomes. But like you mentioned, Sleepy here, all eyes on the NBA and college hoops. And before we know it, March Madness is going to be here. And when March Madness kicks off, we're uh, slowly approaching the NBA playoffs as well. But again, like I mentioned, still a lot of basketball still be uh, still be played in the NBA. And let's start with our picks recap from last pod, uh, Sleepy. And skip it. <laughs> Now, well, we're transparent here on the pod. You know, we we've had a, a good run as have as far as having winning pods, and uh, but we got to take it on the chin sometimes. And unfortunately, we did go zero and four on our picks uh, from the last episode when we did have Chris on as well. Um, we'll quickly kind of go through it here. But you had the Pelicans against the spread. I had the uh, under in that game. And it, if you were watching this game. It felt like that at least at first half, Sleepy was an all-star game because nobody was missing in a shot. I think they combined for 180 points, I want to say, in that first half. And I knew that, obviously, in that second quarter especially, uh, the Lakers, I think, had like 31 points with like six minutes left in that second quarter. So I knew my bet was toast. Um, Chris had the Wizards team total under, um, I believe it was against the Sixers, if I'm not mistaken. But... Uh, they ended up scoring 110 plus points in that game. And I think the most frustrating part of the picks for me was our player prop best bet, where we had a man Thompson on his rebounds and assists to go over the 13 and a half. He felt a little bit short there, but sleepy since that game, he has gone over this projection, I think, in every single game. So, uh, you know, sometimes that's just how the ebbs and flows are of of betting. But I mean, like you mentioned, it, not something it left a sour taste in my mouth. Uh, as far as our picks win, but I think overall in the season, Sleepy, we're, we're doing pretty well. So hopefully we can get back on the winning side here. Yeah, I think our effort was there on that podcast, I and mean, it was a great podcast. You know, you, yeah. me, Chris, doing our thing and coming up with all our picks. But sometimes, you know, they just, uh, you know, they just don't, they don't come to fruition. But 
it's funny, like Amen talk, like you were on that. So, you know, yeah. sometimes it takes a game before that guy uh, becomes that player that you thought he was going to be, you know, on that particular game. But like you said, he's been doing really well. So we'll take it on the chin. We'll move along here. And uh, I think we're going to have a good podcast with a lot of winners. Yeah, we actually got hooked on that one. It was a 13 and a half. He finished with nine rebounds and four assists. And then against Atlanta, he got over that 13 and a half. And then the last game against the Knicks uh, for the Rockets, 13 rebounds and five assists. But we'll turn the page here and we'll hopefully we can get back uh, to the winning ways here before the all-star break in the NBA. And speaking of the Houston Rockets, um, a little bit of controversy on Monday night in the game between the Rockets and the New York Knicks. Rockets got off to a fast start in this game. They led by, I want to say, double digits at the half. Uh, They were actually up by 14 points at the half. The Knicks came storing back in the second half, outscored the Rockets 60-48. to And it came down to the final play. And there was a lot of controversy on the foul that was called uh, in this game between the Knicks and the Rockets, led by Ed Malloy, the uh, crew chief of that game. And long story short here, Aaron Holiday. Um, got the ball from Jalen Green, um, and he chucked up a three-pointer to only be fouled uh, by Jalen Brunson at the time. And if you look back and watch the replay uh, of this sleep, and I'm sure you did as well, um, that it wasn't a foul, that that game should have gone to overtime between the Rockets and the Knicks. And after the game, um, the pool report came out, and this is the exact quote that came from Ed Malo, and he says, the contact which occurred after the release of the ball, therefore, is incidental and marginal and to the shot attempt and should not have been called. So if you're a Knicks fan, or if you were a Knicks better in this game, uh, you were probably irate about the call that uh, transpired at that end of the game to give the Rockets the victory. And again, that should have gone to overtime here. But let's start with the, the call there. What were your thoughts on this when you kind of went back and watched uh, the call that was on Jalen Brunson? My first thought was, did the contact occur before the clock expired? And there was there was a, a little bit of contact there. So my first thought was that, well, I mean, there's enough time on the clock. You fouled the guy, right call. And then I think about the situation. I'm like, you know what, man? It's like if it goes in, it goes in. Um, if it doesn't, it doesn't. It's the last shot. There's literally one second left. Unless you literally run the guy over, then I don't know how you really call a foul there. So I was kind of on, on both sides there. Like I felt bad for the Knicks and I kind of felt bad for the Rockets because if there was no call there and the guy legitimately got fouled, well then, you know, we're having another argument. So I think it's, it's so tough. I mean, those guys have a tough job. I mean, it's in real time, high speed, you know, they're looking at the clock, they're looking at the player, they're looking at, you know, the guy that's charging after him. Like there's a lot of moving parts there. So I think the referee kind of, put himself in a crummy position there, but I mean, it was, uh, he had to, he had to make some type of a call there, I think, because there was, you know, a little bit of contact. So I didn't feel too bad for, uh, for either team, the way that it played out. I mean, it is what it is, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the way that I, the way that I assessed it when I watched it, I watched it like four or five times and I'm just like, I don't know. I guess I could see both sides. Yeah. And I think the majority of, um, you know, fans and, and people that are following the NBA and, and especially this game, I think that, you know, it was it was a hot topic this morning um, across all the, you know, the sports media and news circuits that it was one of the worst calls 
in recent memory uh, in that game. And I'm not sure if I would take it that far because I've seen a lot worse, but I, I think I'm on the Knicks side here that I don't think that should have been called. Um, and again, like you mentioned, right, if you're a Knicks better or you're a Knicks fan, uh, you know, you feel for them. And if you're a Rockets better or a Rockets fan, you know, you feel for them as well. So, you know, it's one of those situations that I, I feel like that with replay and things like that, that something that you can get correct. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, it, it wasn't corrected at, at the time uh, or I don't think they had any challenges available to do the New York Knicks. But I think that was something that we probably should have mentioned here on the pod here. So, um, yeah, that was one of the hot topics. But also sleepy last night, I know um, we talked a lot about rookies this season and Victor Winbanyama is starting to play more minutes. He's starting to play more games. I know there was a report that came out earlier this season that the Spurs said that. They weren't going to play Victor in those back-to-back situations, but he's starting to play more games. And last night he posted his first career triple-double uh, with uh, not assists, but he got it done with 10 blocks last night, Sleepy. I'm not sure if you caught this against the Raptors yesterday where the Spurs did go into Toronto uh, and get the victory against the Raptors, 122-99, to led by the number one overall pick in 29 minutes yesterday, Sleepy. Victor Winbinyama. 27 points, 14 rebounds, 10 blocks, also chipped in with five assists and two steals. And after last night, I'm not sure if you saw how the rookie of the year odds shifted after uh, Victor um, posted that triple-double in Toronto yesterday. So he went from around minus 250, now currently as it stands on uh, DraftKings, a minus 600 favorite to win rookie of the year. Uh, Any thoughts on Victor? Yeah, I think that one of the things that we really need to remind ourselves about is that there was a lot of hype on this dude. Like he was supposed mm-hmm. to be, you know, the next big thing that was going to potentially take over the NBA face of the NBA. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I, I moan and groan and complain about the Spurs is that I really think that their coach holds them down and that that team has much more talent than the amount of wins that they have. And when you have a player like Victor Wembanyama, and I get it, like he's a rookie, let him kind of, you know, get his footing and get used to the league and how the game's played at the highest level, being that, you know, he wasn't in like the G League or anything like that. But I think the Spurs with only 11 wins, um, to me, is it's, it's kind of a slap in the face to that entire team because they're just not, in my opinion, I don't think they're being coached correctly. Like that team is far better than an 11 win basketball team. And when you have a player like Victor Wembanyama that can go out there and do that, that's MVP type stuff, right? I mean, we see Jokic go out there and have triple doubles and Embiid go out there and have triple doubles. And I'm not comparing, you know, Victor Wembanyama to those guys, but I'm comparing the nights that this guy potentially and probably will end up having that you should not have 11 wins for your season total when you have that much talent around you. So it's good to see. Um, I don't know if it'll be able to continue because I just don't trust the head coach. I think that Popovich, he just, he, he does too much with, with the, the lineups that he has. I mean, I don't know how you have Kelton Johnson sitting on your bench for some games. It just, to me, it doesn't make any sense. Maybe they just have too much talent. I don't know. But uh, like I said, going into, you know, the all-star break and coming out of the all-star break, just be careful betting on these really bad teams. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Spurs here in a little bit, but these teams are, they're, they're hard to back. So 
uh, it's awesome for Wimbayama, but I would still be very, very careful going ahead and messing with the Spurs or any of these really bad teams, even when, you know, some of their rookies go out there and they show out and uh, play the way that Wimbayama did. Yeah, and I think that, again, when you talk about the second half of the season, it's typically about, what, 25 to 27 games left for the regular season. You'll start seeing, you know, quote-unquote, some of these uh, teams start, I guess, tanking or sitting their star players and and trying to get better draft position. But um, I think one team that's already doing that is the Charlotte Hornets because, again, they traded away some of their pieces. And LaMelo Ball has now been out for several games for um, for the Charlotte Hornets. And... They're looking towards a build towards the future. And one team that had has been playing a little bit better that was off to an atrocious start was the Detroit Pistons. You know, they've been able to cover some games. They're able to win some games, but they're still right there at the bottom of the barrel uh, for this uh, season where, again, they're not having a great season. But it looks like they've been able to turn around now that they've been starting to get healthy, at least covering the spread wise. So I think that's a great point that you do make that once you do get into the second half of the season, just be very careful backing some of these bad teams, um, you know, going forward. Because, again, they are going to be looking to – you know, get in position for, for the draft for the upcoming, um, you know, the next draft for the upcoming, uh, you know, draft class coming out of whether it's G League or whether it is the college rank. So, you know, be mindful of that. Uh, one of the bigger slates here left uh, before the All-Star break is going to be on Wednesday. Here's Sleepy and we'll break down some of these games here and we'll start here with the first game on the board. And like you mentioned, uh, the San Antonio Spurs, they are in Dallas to take on the Mavericks, the new look Mavericks here after they acquired some pieces to add to their uh, depth and, um, you know, to their rotation, picking up Daniel Gafford and uh, PJ Washington, like we talked about on the last pod. But they are going to be hosting Victor Winbanyama and the San Antonio Spurs. And currently, as it stands in this game, the Spurs are a, uh, sorry, the uh, Mavericks are 11 and a half point home favorite here with a total of. 241 and a half and looking at the injury report for both of these teams here i'll start here with the san antonio spurs there's been a pretty clean injury report for them um victor winbinyama is expected to play in this game um and only guys that are on the injury report are guys that are on either g league deals or on assignment for the dallas mavericks luka Dantage is probable for this game kyrie irving is probable as well and then you have two questionable tags on Maxi Kleba and Derek Lively, the second, who's also been out for the past couple games, but has been upgraded to questionable for this game. Uh, so if you start with this game here, minus 11 and a half in favor of the Spurs, sorry, in favor of the Mavericks. Uh, what are you thinking here? Well, I don't know if you watched the Mavericks first game when they ended up with Gafford and Washington and they put those guys on the floor. The amount of energy that was coming from the Mavericks fans was um, it, it was fun to watch because, you know, you bring in two guys that are I don't want to say they're journeyman guys. I think that I certainly think Gafford can move your title odds, and I think that Washington is a guy that you know can go out there and do a lot of things off the bench and really help the team. But you know, Gafford went out the first night. He had 19 points. He had nine rebounds. Had a block. Uh, the, the crowd was just insane, and that was a big game. I mean, they were playing Oklahoma City Thunder, and they went out there and they absolutely throttled them. And then they turned around and they played the Wizards right after that, and Gafford goes out and has 17 rebounds, five blocks, 16 points. You and I had talked about it on the last podcast. Like, it probably doesn't move the odds, but, man, like, this guy makes this team uh, a whole hell of a lot better, and we're already seeing it two games in. A lot of point. I mean, he's he's basically a walking double double. I think on this team, 
And I think that Dallas realized, like, we need somebody like this on our team. So, no, I think if Gafford stays healthy, he just brings so much energy to this team, and he fills in a couple of holes here. And I also think Washington does that as well. I can't take the Spurs here, not on the road, not the, you know, because they're going on vacation here for a week. They don't have anybody on that team that made the all-star game. So I could see the Spurs kind of just going through the motions. And I think maybe if Popovich, you know, ends up screwing around with the lineup again and letting, you know, guys who probably don't normally play, play. It just, it wouldn't surprise me if the Spurs kind of just tanked this game away. And I think the Mavericks come in here looking to end here on a high note. So I wouldn't bet the Spurs as far as laying in 11 and a half points here with the Mavericks. That would be the only thing I would do or I would go ahead and pass. One of the reasons why I would consider passing is Kyrie and Luka kind of have a little bit of injury issues, but you also have the All-Star game coming up, and Luka's obviously going to be there. So you got to wonder if his minutes are going to get limited. And even if his minutes are limited or maybe he doesn't play, you know, the line just gets so out of whack. I mean, this line probably closes like Mavs minus six. So right now it's uh, it's more of a lean towards the Mavericks, and I'll uh, – I'll, I'll just keep a really close eye on the injury report to make sure that Kyrie's in there, Luca's in there before I do uh, go ahead and fire on the maps. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, right? I, and I did watch that first game with uh, Daniel Gafford and P.J. Washington playing for the Dallas Mavericks. And, I mean, you mentioned the energy, um, you know, for the fans and in that arena what was electric. And I think that if you're a Mavericks fan, that you should be excited with the addition of both Daniel Gafford and P.J. Washington to this team. And I know... They had to come from behind against the Washington Wizards in their last game just because their three-point shots weren't falling. But this team is starting to look like, I guess, a team that you know Mark Cuban and uh, Jason can envision having shooters around, um, both Kyrie Irving and Luka Dantage, and finally having an inside presence. I know they drafted Derek Lively the second from Duke in the last year's draft. They also, like we just mentioned, added Daniel Gafford for some front-court depth. And he's been absolutely a, a stud through the first two games of this um in, in the in a Mavericks uniform for Daniel Gafford. So hopefully that continues for them. And you take a look, right, over the last five games, offensively, the Dallas Mavericks team, they're clicking on all cylinders. They're number three in offensive rating, and their defense has stepped up as well. They're actually number two over the last five games uh, as far as defensive rating goes, and they have a positive net rating of plus 16.5, which is the best in the entire league over the last five games. Meanwhile, the San Antonio Spurs, like you mentioned it, offensively, they just haven't been very good. Defensively, it's the same story, and they have a negative 7.9 net rating. So... I think it's an opportunity for the Mavericks, like you mentioned, um, you know, to just continue racking up the wins here because every win is going to matter in that Western Conference right now. Because if you take a look at the as of you know Tuesday evening here, Sleepy, from five to eight, those teams are only separated by one game. Right now, the Pelicans are at uh, thirty-two and twenty-two, um, sitting in that five spot, and the Dallas Mavericks thirty-one and twenty-three, six and a half games out of first place and just one a game out of the fifth. Spot and try to get out of that play-in tournament, right? You don't want to play, play an extra game or two um, being in that play-in tournament bracket. So I think this Mavericks team is something that we'll have to keep an eye out for because this roster now is starting to look really good. They've won five games in a row. They're seven and three over their last um, 10 games as well. So I'm with you. I think I lay, I'm going to lay the wood here with the Dallas Mavericks on the spread. I think they have a really good night shooting the basketball. And I just don't think the Spurs will be able to keep up with the scoring that the Dallas Mavericks have put on display over the last five games. Uh, anything else you want to mention for this game? No, I think we pretty much covered that one pretty well. Glad you agreed. All right. 
let's get over to the next game on the schedule here. We'll go over to the Washington Wizards. They are headed to New Orleans to take on the Pelicans. Pelicans currently sitting as a 13-point home favorite in this game with a total of 237. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, for the Washington Wizards, pretty clean injury report. Isaiah Livers is the only one that's going to be out. For the New Orleans Pelicans, they are going to be without Dyson Daniels. He was diagnosed with a meniscus tear in his left knee. Uh, Zion Williamson, Zion Williamson, I'm sorry, is also questionable for this game. He has a left foot bone contusion. Um, so definitely keep an eye on if you are going to be betting on the Pelicans if Zion is going to be playing in this game or not. But Sleepy, let's start with um, this game here between the Wizards and the Pelicans. All right, so why don't we go ahead and start here with the good news? The good news is that <laughs> you and I both have a best bet in this game, and. Uh, Manoff and I actually do discuss some of our picks when we go ahead and we prep for the podcast. And as you guys hear on this podcast, Manoff and I agree a lot. Well, unfortunately, both of our best bets are in this game, but we're on complete opposite sides. I can't wait to hear his reasoning. I'm going to go ahead and take the Pelicans here. Minus 12 and a half is my best bet. I will go ahead and say this, and you guys probably remember this from maybe the last podcast. Whenever I take the Pelicans for some reason on a pod and I go ahead and give them out as a best bet, they fail me. So am I worried about that? Yes, a little bit. But am I worried about the Pelicans going ahead and putting a beat in here on the Wizards? No, I'm not. I think that uh, I, I actually think the Pelicans could put up a really, really big win here. They're, right now they're just playing very good basketball, and I just cannot trust the Wizards to show up really on any night of the week. But this is kind of one of those situations where – I want to play against a team that has no all-stars, that, that has no all-stars, that has literally nothing to play for, that's kind of just in tank mode. And it's the complete opposite here for the Pelicans. And I think that the fact that the Pelicans don't have any all-star players and they're playing at home, I think a big win here from them will give their head coach the opportunity to say, you know what, guys, take an extra day for the effort that you put in against one of the league's worst teams. I could see the Wizards not even getting off the plane. They might not even leave Washington. I don't know because I think they're already in vacation mode. I think one of the last things you want to do before the All-Star break is get on a plane and travel anywhere. But traveling to New Orleans against a good basketball team that you know, you're more than likely going to probably, get, probably lose against, I really just worry – how the Wizards approach this game coming into it, and especially when the game's going on, because if the Pelicans start putting it on thick, uh, I could just see the, the Wizards just completely unraveling and giving up. I'll take the Pelicans here. I think that they win this game by 20, 30. This could be one of those ugly 40-point blowouts where the Pelicans get rewarded for their good play and the Wizards just look like the Wizards. Um, I... I you know, every once in a while, I'll be sitting at home and saying, what are we going to cook for dinner? What are we going to cook for? It? My wife says, I don't know. And then guess what happens? Omaha Steaks comes by and drops meat off on my front porch and makes all the decisions that much easier, Scott. Meat to your front porch? Can't beat it, baby. Doesn't get better than that. I had the meatballs last night, and 
They were delicious, man. It was easy to cook, reheat in the oven, and bang, dinner is served. It's steaks, it's chicken, it's pork chops, it's it's it, meatballs, like you said. They've got sides, so much great stuff. Guys, they've got a great sale going on right now. The Omaha Steak semi-annual sale is here. It's a sale so nice, they only do it twice. Score mouth-watering savings on all your Omaha Steaks favorites with 50% off site-wide during that semi-annual sale going on right now. From tender, juicy steaks to big, beefy burgers, scrumptious sides, decadent desserts and so much more now's the perfect time to grab all your favorites plus get an extra $30 off when you use our promo code Vegas at checkout and every purchase is backed by their unconditional money back guarantee simply go to omahasteaks.com and shop the semi-annual sale today that's omahasteaks.com promo code Vegas at checkout minimum purchase may apply listen we get it you're busy you got work to do kids to take care of Got to get to the gym at some point. And make sure you're drinking enough water and figuring out what's for dinner is a whole nother project. Yeah, point is, you're busy. You don't have time for 10 minutes of commercials or scripted dating segments on your morning commute. That's why we created The Morning Show Podcast. I'm Carla Marie. My name is Anthony, and The Morning Show Podcast is a daily podcast aimed at keeping you informed and entertained in under 25 minutes. We kick off every show with the core four. It's the four biggest news stories that you should probably be aware of. And then we continue on with music games, pop culture news. And of course, what's trending, the thing you didn't know you needed until Carla Marie told you about it. Yeah, it's my favorite. You can get the Morning Show podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your shows. One of the reasons why I really want to, and another reason why I kind of want to fade the Wizards here, is the amount of wins that they have on the year. And like Munaf was just talking about, you know, with the Spurs, you want to remain in like the bottom three, four, five teams. You don't want to go ahead and keep winning games and have these other teams that are in that area. They're eventually going to start tanking too. So at least if you don't go out there and and win a couple games here, win a couple games there, you're going to be all right when the lottery comes around. So I think that the Wizards, this is just a perfect game for them to mail in all around. And I think that they do. I think they get blown out. So I'm, I have no problem laying 12 and a half. And normally I don't like laying points with the Pelicans, but for me to lay 12 and a half with them, uh, I have to feel very strong. I think the Wizards get absolutely steamrolled in this game. So Pels for me there, Manoff, best bet. Now you got to go ahead and counter counter that. What do you got? Well, your first sentence pretty much shows my handicap because you're on the Pelicans, and that's all I needed to know because you already <laughs> mentioned on the last spot <laughs> that when every time you take the Pelicans, that uh, they uh, they fail you. But in all seriousness, I think that this is a situation where we talked about um, in that Pistons and the Kings game, right, where the Sacramento Kings were coming off of that uh, long road trip um, and hosting the Detroit Pistons. And I think that was a similar spread in that game as well. And I think the Pelicans are – I know the Pelicans are in a similar situation because they are coming off a four-game road trip. And also, if you look at their schedule, eight of their last nine games were actually on the road. So they had they went on the road for four, they came back home for one game, and then they went on the road again for four more games before now returning back home to host the Pelicans. And if you take a look since the 2018 season, when the Pelicans are coming off of a four-game road trip or longer and playing that first game at home, they're just seven and nine against the spread. And you mentioned how bad this Wizards team has been straight up. But if you take a look this season, they've been one of the better teams on the road this season. They're actually 17, nine and one against the spread on the road this season. And in non-conference road games, 
five and one against the spread are the Washington Wizards. So they've covered six straight games on the road where they are or they were double digit underdogs. And over the last 10 road games, they have the fourth best defensive rated uh, team. I know they've been really bad at home as far as defense goes, but for whatever the reason, their defense rides to the occasion on the road. So I think for this Wizards team, I know they made some trades. We talked about Daniel Gafford. But other guys have really stepped up, right? I know Jordan Poole has not been very good this season, but Denny Avdia has been a guy that's been absolutely amazing since the trade, and frankly, all season long. They have Corey Kispert coming off the bench. Tyus Jones has been playing very well for this team as well. And this might be a situation where the Pelicans also maybe want to get to the All-Star break as well, that they don't care about getting margin here, that they just want to get the win and then look forward to the All-Star break. So I think the Wizards are going to be able to take advantage of that. Like I mentioned, They've been absolutely fantastic on the road here. So I'm going to take the Wizards in this game here, Sleepy. And I know, like you mentioned, I, I think every single pot we have agreed on everything. So I think it's our first head-to-head uh, this season. In fact, it is our first head-to-head season. So I know our eyes are going to be glued uh, to this game and, and see who comes out on top as the best bet here. So, Sleepy, you're going with the Pelicans here, uh, laying the wood. I will take the points here with the Washington Wizards. Um, and we'll see what transpires here between uh, these two teams here, Sleepy. Yeah, I think this will be a, at least it's one game that one of us could have a little bit of bragging rights. But uh, I will put a feather in your cap. I, I also noticed the fact that the New Orleans Pelicans had a lot of road games there. So that was a little bit of a red flag that kind of went up for me. Uh, again, still not not too terribly concerned about that, but I do like the fact that it pulled out the Wizards ATS on the road recently too, so that's nice. So, I mean, it's nice. You know, we, we kind of have our, our, our angles here on, on this game, so we'll see how it plays out. Uh, we're going to be on opposite sides, so whoever wins will get some bragging rights. So it's one of the few times that you and I kind of are going head-to-head, so it'll be it'll be fun. Yeah, there we go. Our eyes will be watching this game here for sure on Wednesday night. Maybe we'll put out a poll uh, for the listeners and see whose side they are on uh, for this game between the Wizards and the Pelicans. But it's going to be one more game on the Wednesday night schedule, and it's it's a really good one. It's going to be the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, they are going to the Bay Area to take on the Golden State Warriors. Currently, right now, the Warriors are a two-and-a-half-point home favorite here with a total of 232 and a half. I definitely want to uh, mention the injury report in this game because right before we started uh, recording this pod here, Sleepy, uh, did get a note that Kawhi Leonard is going to be out uh, for this game uh, for the LA Clippers. He is dealing with a left abductor strain. So no Kawhi Leonard in this game for the Clippers. And for the Golden State Warriors, pretty clean injury report. Only person that is on the injury report is Chris Paul, who is still recovering from a left-hand fracture. I think he should be back uh, fairly soon after the all-star break for the Golden State Warriors here. But um, as it stands right now, Sleepy, Golden State minus two and a half uh, against the L.A. Clippers. What are you thinking about this game? Really like the Warriors here uh, for many reasons. I mean, like you and I had talked about uh, a couple podcasts ago that I felt like this was the best version of the Warriors. And, you know, getting Draymond back, I thought was a massive help. I think that the, the fact that this team's won, what, like seven out of their eight games, they're out there covering spreads, they're beating teams on the road. This is clearly the best version of this team, but I think it goes to show like what Draymond brings to this team when he's in and out of, or, and you know, what, what, what he doesn't bring when he's out of the lineup. I think he just makes a world of difference to this team. And I think the fact that they went on the road and they beat, they beat Brooklyn, they beat Philly, they beat the Pacers, and most recently they just beat Utah on the road. 
Like, those are nice quality wins. And they beat the Suns at home. But I think that this is a game where they – I don't want to say that they would normally let down, but I think if Kawhi was in the lineup, the Warriors would kind of be up against it. And I think that the fact that Kawhi's out, even though the Warriors were still going to be highly motivated for this game, this is a team that I feel they're still kind of going through the motions and any extra added motivation really helps this team right now. And I think the fact that Kawhi's out, that the Warriors – one, are going to be super motivated, but they're going to kind of smell the blood in the water. And this is a team that you don't want to give any extra fuel to. You don't want to give them any extra blood in the water because, especially at home, uh, they'll go out there and they'll they'll just put a dagger in you. And I think that Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, Kaminga, I think the whole crew is going to look at this one and go, you know what, Like if we go out here and we lose this game against the Clippers without Kawhi, well, that's going to put a lot of doubt in our minds for the future if we see this team, you know, potentially in the playoffs. So I think they come out here and go into the all-star break with a big convincing win against another good team, even without their star, because I think a win here, it kind of puts the last seven out of eight games kind of into perspective, and it kind of will put them, it'll kind of put them, in a nice place into the break to where they can kind of digest everything that's happened this season, but really be proud of what they've done over the last two weeks of the season heading into the break. So I think this is just an excellent spot here for the Warriors. Um, three and a half or two and a half might seem like a lot, but I, I kind of felt weird when they played Utah. And I was like, I'm telling you, this is not the Warriors team that we've watched over the last uh, you know, how, however many months, this is this is the best version of them. I don't know if it can really get much better than this. I mean, I guess it probably can, but this is a dangerous team right now. And I don't want the Clippers without Kawhi going into, uh, going into Seagull and State here right before the break. I think the Warriors beat them, and I think they beat them handily. Yeah, I'm right here with you with the Warriors. Um, like you mentioned, they've been playing some outstanding basketball over the last two weeks, and they've actually won five straight games. They've won seven out of the last eight games. They've covered uh, seven out of the last eight games as one. I think the more important part, like you mentioned, that you want to go into the All-Star break, just having that momentum that, hey, over these last two weeks, we did very well. And I, th- I think that for the Warriors, you take a look at their record, they're now finally above 500. So I think that there's something there that when you mentioned that they still have two games left for the All-Star break, they play the Clippers uh, on Wednesday night, and then they have they go back to Utah um, on Thursday before the All-Star break. So you want to make sure that your Warriors team, that you stay above 500. And I think that this is an opportunity for them, who've been, like you mentioned, playing some great basketball, that they can take advantage of this Clippers team. And we saw on Monday night the Clippers struggled to score the basketball against one of the better defensive teams in the association in the Minnesota Timberwolves. And over the last five games, at least Sleepy, the Golden State Warriors, the number one defensive rated team in the entire association. So, you know, we talked a lot about the Warriors earlier, uh, you know, in the season where they were going through the motions and trying to figure out rotations and what Steve Kerr wanted to do and the struggles of Klay Thompson. But you mentioned the one name for this Warriors team that's been playing some outstanding basketball, and, and he's and if you watch him play, he's playing with that confidence now that he didn't have previously, and that is Jonathan Kaminga. Um, he, he's really embraced a role now. He's gotten the opportunity from you know Steve Kerr, and he's gotten that vote of confidence, and he's going out and flourishing right now. 
And it's taking a lot of pressure off of, you know, Steph Curry, who doesn't have to go out and be the guy every single night. I mean, we know that Steph Curry can do it. We've seen them hit those game-winning shots over the past couple games here. And again, like you mentioned, against the Phoenix Suns there as well. But you also mentioned Draymond Green coming back. He's the catalyst of this offense, and we've talked about that a lot as well. So, And also the young guys have stepped up as well. And Clay Thompson, he looks like he's starting to find his form a little bit again where he doesn't have to be that guy next to Steph Curry because some of these younger guys are stepping up for this Warriors team. So I think for this Golden State Warriors team, I think they go into this game that maybe the Clippers are just ready to get to the all-star break and we're another team that's you know riding this momentum. Hopefully they can carry it into the all-star break and coming out of the all-star break, they can start climbing the standings because right now, so if you take a look, the Golden State Warriors are sitting in that 10th spot at 26 and 25 in that Western Conference. So every win is going to matter now going forward. And I think these are one game, at least on Wednesday night, that they can take advantage of against the Clippers against Utah as well, going back to Utah uh, like they did on Monday night here. So I'm with you. Warriors minus a two and a half uh, against the um, uh, Los Angeles Clippers. Anything else you want to uh, get to for this game? Yeah, I think one of the things here with the Warriors there went off is that it felt like it felt like they, they didn't know whether Jordan Poole was or uh, who was going to take over for Draymond and who was going to you know help bail out a struggling Clay Thompson. And it, I mean, now they got all their guys back. Like this is the roster. I mean, Gary Payton's back. You got Sarge, you got Looney, you got the whole crew. Like this, the, the, the team you see right now, I mean, that that's basically their crew. So I feel like maybe there was maybe a conversation or something like that. And it probably started with Draymond, you know, with, with his behavior saying, you know what, man, like uh, we're not going to be able to go out there and play you for 80 games for 40 minutes a game. And, uh, you know, keep you out of keep you out of the doghouse so to speak but you know Draymond's getting older Clay's getting a little bit older and you know it's time for the younger guys to kind of step up and give them their chance like you know Draymond and Clay Hall of Fame players uh, how many young guys were not able to play because you know those guys were out there playing at at an extremely high level and uh just depended on completely and I think that you know maybe those two guys realized like hey you know if I want to remain here you know, with this team in Golden State, I should probably get with the best program possible. And I think Kerr might have sat down with them and said, look, you know, I can't go out there and play you for 38 minutes a game anymore. You know, I got to get some of these younger guys and I got to let Kaminga go ahead and join the starting lineup. And, you know, Wiggins, if you got to go ahead and take a seat a little bit and let Brandon come in off the bench or whatever the case might be. I think they all kind of bought in because this is a really good basketball team. I think you would agree if everything's running correctly and it's all led, you know, with Steph Curry going out there and and kind of regaining himself because I felt like the fact that Curry's not even in the starting lineup for the All Star game is absolutely crazy. Um, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of a lot of little motivating things here, but I think this team completely uh, has bought in, especially recently, you know, to what the goal is and, and who's on this team and what guys are going to play and 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 live with it because I guess you kind of have to, otherwise you're not going to make the playoffs. So. Oh, I just I feel really good about this Warriors team right now, all around. Yeah, let's not forget, right? Chris Paul, they they're still going to get him back, and he's just an extension, yeah, yeah, of the coach on the floor for this team. And if you watch a lot of these Warriors game, he's coaching these young kids up. Uh, you know, whether it's during timeouts or actually during the game, like if you're paying attention to that bench, Chris Paul is standing up more than he's sitting in those games. So I just only think that's only going to help the Warriors when he does uh, come back, whether he is going to be in the starting lineup or he's going to be running with the younger guys in the second unit 
uh, and maybe with Clay Thompson, you know, checking out early. Yeah, there's no way. There, yeah, there's no way Kerr's going to put Paul back in the starting lineup. Not as well as this team's playing right yeah, now. So, no yeah, that's, so that's just an added boost to add, uh, you know, for another ball handler and a, and a future Hall of Famer coming off the bench for you uh, with the way this Warriors team is playing right now. So if you're a Warriors fan, it's definitely, you know, you're, you're excited right now. Uh, and this, like you mentioned, this team is dangerous when they're clicking on all, all cylinders because, again, they have that pedigree and that championship experience like we've seen over the past several years, uh, over the, at least, frankly, over the past decade from this Warriors team. So there'll be a lot of great things happening right now on pregame.com. I know the dust has settled on the NFL season, but like we said, March Madness is around the corner. Uh, NBA's in full swing. We also have MLB around the corner as well. But tell the people what they can take advantage of right now on pregame.com. Yeah, so basketball is going to be the highlight now after NFL's over. And you guys could get $50 off any NBA plus college basketball combo access subscription. So you'll get all the NBA, you'll get all the college basketball until they cut down the nets until they go ahead and hang the banner here for the NBA. Typically $399. So you're going to knock $50 off that. It's going to be $349 from for every prick for sorry. For every pick from your favorite pregame pro, all you have to do is enter code HOOPS50. Again, that's $50 off any NBA plus your college basketball uh, combination. So it's a really good time to go ahead and pick this up because typically I know they reduce this. So if you're looking for $50 off, you know, NBA college basketball combo, uh, I would suggest you probably do it now. So again, it's Hoops50. Go over there to pregame.com, pick that up and get all your basketball picks from your favorite pregame pro. There we go. Sleepy, let's get over to our player prop best bet for the Wednesday card here. And we'll go over to that game between the Atlanta Hawks and the Charlotte Hornets. And I know the Hawks are coming off of a um, a game against Chicago Bulls where they did get upset in that game by the Chicago Bulls. So now they're traveling to Charlotte. And I think this is a, a player prop here. I think number one, it makes a lot of sense on why we're backing it here. So we're going to look at Jalen Johnson here of the Atlanta Hawks to go over on its points and rebounds of 25 and a half currently odds of minus 115 over on DraftKings Sportsbook and you take a look right now the health of the front court for this Atlanta Hawks team right they've been without Clint Capella for at least over the last week I also saw before we started you know recording here that they're also going to be without Oyeke Kongwu in that starting lineup he's dealing with a left toe sprain so he's going to be out um for this game and through the all-star break as well aj griffin is also out for this team as well for the atlanta hawks so i think there's an opportunity that number one that for jalen johnson and um head coach quinn snyder that he's going to be ha- he's going to have to play his starters in this game because they are a little bit uh you know thin in that front court Take a look at Jalen Johnson over the last five games. He's playing the minutes for this team. He's averaging around 37 minutes per game over the last five games, averaging close to 15 points and close to 10 rebounds per game. So I think for Jalen Johnson going up against a team in the in the Charlotte Horns, who number one, haven't been a very good rebounding team, right? I think that's one area that Jalen Johnson does succeed in. And like I mentioned over the last five games, he's averaging close to 10 rebounds per game. He's also gone over this projection of points and rebounds in uh two out of the last four games but i think that right now this is a buy low spot for him because he is going to be having to play those minutes um for the front court of the atlanta hawks and they did play the hornets earlier this season 
And Jalen Johnson in that game finished the game with 21 points and seven rebounds for the Atlanta Hawks. So I think there's an opportunity for Jalen Johnson to embrace the moment, uh, step into that starting lineup or play the even more minutes, I think, because like we mentioned with the injuries that they are dealing with right now to Clint Capella, Onyeke Kongu as well. So we'll go with Jalen Johnson, points and rebounds over 25 and a half here, Sleepy. I love it. I think that the minutes will certainly be there. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he plays 38, 40 minutes in this particular game. But I think that like this is like a guy that can go out there and play. I mean, maybe he's not going to be a point guard or anything like that. But, I mean, he could probably play shooting guard if he needs to. He could play both forwards in the center spot. So you can move this guy around quite a bit. So And he, he's a guy that really doesn't get himself into a lot of foul trouble, especially for the amount of minutes that he plays. So, you know, if Atlanta ends up with – you know, guys that end up in foul trouble or something like that, they'll just leave him out there because he could cover a lot of spots. But, you know, this is a guy that gets to the free throw line at, at least a couple times. I mean, he, he can get you a couple points there. But he, he also shoots three. So, it's like I said, like his range isn't exactly limited. So, you know, he can get you a couple buckets from the inside, the outside, the free throw line. Uh, the rebounding will probably be there. I mean, this guy has double digit. He, he's basically – uh, kind of like a double, walking double-double. Like, he can go out there and do that for you. 25 and a half, it seems a little bit low. Uh, I think the production will be there. I think the minutes will be there. And I think, you know, he'll get us some extra buckets there from the three-point line, free-throw line. I love this pick. I thought this was one uh, when you pointed it out, and I was like, yeah, no Capella, no Okongwu. Like, this dude's going to – he's going to get his opportunity. So, I like this one a lot. I think we're going to bounce back here, get another player prop, best bet winner. Yeah, I know we've been a little cold over the last uh, two player props, uh, best bets, and hopefully we can at least build the momentum going into the all-star break and get back on the winning side of our player prop best bet. So again, best bet for our player prop for the Wednesday card is going to be Jalen Johnson of the Atlanta Hawks points and rebounds to go over 25 and a half currently over on DraftKings Sportsbook. So maybe that's going to wrap it up, my friend, for this edition of the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Uh, anything else you want to mention before we go our separate ways? Yeah, I think maybe we just alert our listeners to maybe potentially what our schedule is going to look like here. So uh, as Manoff and I were just saying, you know, we're going to end up with the all-star break here. So we're not going to have a card here on Friday. So we were discussing potentially maybe doing like an NBA dunk contest, three-point all-star game, kind of quick podcast or something like that. And then maybe going ahead and giving you guys one more uh, NBA podcast before they officially go into the break uh, tomorrow night. So we'll see how everything's going to shake out, but you guys will get some type of uh, NBA podcast from us uh, before the All-Star game actually tips off. Not necessarily sure what it'll be, but we'll go ahead. We'll make sure our, our presence felt here uh, one more time before that game kicks off. So again, if you guys missed that coupon code from pregame.com, hoops50, Save yourself 50 bucks. Yeah, definitely excited for uh, NBA All-Star Weekend this uh, upcoming weekend here in Indianapolis. I know, like you mentioned, we'll break down uh, the events for All-Star Weekend. I know they do have some odds up uh, for All-Star Weekend, so definitely looking forward to a little break as well from the NBA action this weekend and just kind of having some fun and talking about the dunk contest and three-point contest um, and the events that they do have for All-Star Weekend. Like Sleepy mentioned, make sure you take advantage of the coupon code over on pregame.com. All right, that's going to do it for this uh, episode for the Wednesday card. Like Sleepy mentioned, we'll be back later this week to break down everything for All-Star Weekend as well. Till then, good luck with your bets, and we'll talk to you guys down the road.